Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Soul Sister, a company that creates hand-sewn inspirational clothing and products for everyone. What I love about them is their products embody authenticity. Each of their creations is different, and when it comes to designs and fabrics, they can create something that uniquely reflects you or your loved ones. And their mission is to live in a world with zero landfill fabric waste, and they source landfill fabrics from around the world and transform them into something beautiful. It's also founded by my amazing friend, Sean Create Parody, who's an incredible human being with a heart of gold. And I've seen her turn old keepsakes, jerseys, meaningful clothing items into a -a one-of-a-kind quilt. And in an age where most of our gifts come mass-produced, you just can't get more meaningful and unique gifts than that. So go check them out at www.soulsister.com, spelled S-E-W-L sister.com. Let's support our local businesses. Plus, with each purchase, you'll support organizations that assist with moving victims out of human trafficking. Soul Sister teaches sewing in local communities to those affected by human trafficking, empowering them to create beauty again. So once again, go check them out at www.soulsister.com, S-E-W-L sister.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Yes I Can podcast. Thank you so much for joining me from the conception of this podcast to maybe you are a new listener that discovered the Yes I Can podcast. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking part of your day to to join me. And I wanted to talk about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart because it's been such an important journey for where I'm at. It is still a journey that I'm on myself. And I think that it is an important conversation to have about this particular component of our lives because I truly believe that everything that we do stems from the relationship that you have with yourself. And so if you're listening to the podcast here, it's probably because of a couple different things, or maybe is one of these particular aspects that you may fall into. One is you love the topic around authenticity. You're really interested in hearing about the different components of authenticity that you can apply into your life to continue to enhance what you're creating, to continue to build your version of an extraordinary life. Or you're looking to create different things in your life, whether it is in your career, whether it's in your business, whether it is creating that 10-10 relationship that you've always wanted in your life, there is something that has you want to continue to up-level your life. And I acknowledge and celebrate you for that because it is so easy to live in mediocrity. I think if you think about the world that we're in constantly, It is about how do we make things fast? How do we make things easy? How do we make things convenient? And the one thing that we cannot fast track, that we cannot bypass in terms of the discomfort and the amount of work that it takes to really become the best version of ourselves 
it is the inner work. It is the working on ourselves. It is the self-awareness. It is the emotional intelligence work. It is the healing work to really up-level our level of consciousness. And so when we think about all those different components, whether it is how do you create more freedom in your life by allowing your most authentic expression to come out into the world? How do you be able to leverage authenticity in your business, in your career, in your everyday life? How do you get to create next level results? How do you get to create an extraordinary life? All of it comes down to the core of what is the relationship that you have with yourself. And so another way of thinking about that is your level, the depth of your self-love for yourself, love for yourself, self-love, love for yourself. <laughs> and so when we talk about that, this is such a near and dear topic to my heart because I was once asked this question by my coach and he asked me, Paul, when was the last time you remember in your life where you loved yourself? And I paused, I thought for a little bit, and I said to him, I don't remember when that was. I don't remember when I truly loved myself. It was such a sobering response to realize that I had never really loved myself. And I think it's something that I think many of us can possibly relate to. Maybe you can relate to this because every day we function within ourselves. We go about our lives. We go about interacting with other people. We go about in our businesses and our careers focused on what we're doing. But how often do we reflect on how do we treat ourselves? How do we view ourselves? When we think about the way that we are in relationship to others, when we are in relationship to our partner, our spouse, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, it's very easy to see the reflection of what love feels like when you look at that person, the feeling that you have towards that person. You can get a direct response from them around whether or not the way that you are loving them is effective or not. Because with my wife, for example, if I am showing up in a certain way where she feels disrespected or she feels like I'm being mean to her or I am not meeting her at the level of commitment that I should, I'm going to get feedback from her. And I have in many, many different points of our lives, in our lives uh, together as a married couple. And my, my marriage in itself, and that can be an episode altogether in, in uh, another time. But I've consistently received feedback from my wife. It's a lot harder, I find, to receive feedback from ourselves about how we are in relationship to ourselves. Because number one, most of us don't even look at ourselves in the mirror. I know I had the hardest time looking at myself in the mirror for many, most of my life, I would say, many, many years. I couldn't even look at myself in the eye. And many of us struggle with that because it is such a deep level of intimacy. And oftentimes there are many parts of us that we don't accept. There's many parts of us that we're ashamed of. 
There's many parts of us that we feel unworthy, not good enough. We are constantly in judgment of ourselves. And so it is the hardest to look at ourselves in the eye. Because when we look at ourselves in the eye, we can also see the person looking back at us. And we can also see the feedback of how we've been treating ourselves. And that is something that is really, really hard to face, I find for myself anyways. And so when it comes to being in a relationship with ourselves, it's really interesting that we are constantly focusing our attention on how we are in relationship to other people or other things, but we often neglect the most important relationship in our lives, which is the one with ourselves. It is the one in which everything else in our lives is built upon, but yet it is the most neglected, which is why I believe there is so much anger in the world. There's a lot of shame in the world. There is a lot of lack of worthiness. There is a lot of lack of feeling not enough. There is the constant need to feel seen or heard because we don't give that to ourselves. Because we don't give that to ourselves. And we are often so desperately seeking it from other people. And I know I have for most of my life. And I still fall back on those patterns sometimes where I'm seeking for the validation outside of me but not realizing that when I am grounded in who I am, when I am grounded in my worthiness, when I am grounded in who Paul Kant is, and I love him just as he is, that it doesn't really matter what anyone else says. Because I know at the very core of me that I am safe with myself. And I have always really respected and looked up to people that I feel like are in such a flow like such a flow in their lives. Things seem to come with ease. They still seem to be going through life just attracting things to them and amazing things from that, from that perspective. And maybe you know people that are like that. It's just like they walk through life very effortlessly. I've always wondered what is the secret sauce to that? And I've realized it's that they so deeply love themselves. But to get to that level has always been very hard to wrap my head around for me. I've never quite figured for most of my life, figured out how do I get there? How do you, I get to that place of having a relationship with myself? I think I've had to figure that out with how do I be in relationship to other people, but I've had such a hard time for most of my life struggling through the fundamental question of how do I have a relationship with myself? I've been on a very deep transformational journey for the past three years of my life. And up until then, I haven't really done much self-development work. I read books up until that point. I had listened to podcasts, but I had never gone in to do the deep transformational inner work, which is going in to face the ugliest parts of us, the most difficult, uncomfortable parts of us, to truly see what's underneath so that we can heal what's there and begin to have that level of awareness of the cause and effect of how we show up. and. That was a journey I started three years ago when I was at a point of my life where I was constantly feeling a lot of anxiety. I was feeling trapped. I was feeling empty. I had a complete lack of fulfillment. And I was very easily triggered and angry all the time. And I couldn't figure out why. On the outside, it might seem like I had the perfect life. I mean, if you looked at me on Instagram, I was traveling all the time. I had a beautiful wife. I was living in a penthouse. I was working at a 
prestigious Fortune 50 company. Everything was on the uptick on paper. But if you look beneath the surface, I was completely miserable. And most people didn't know that. I think almost everybody didn't know that, probably except for my wife. And also on top of that, my marriage was slowly falling apart. And I started to realize that I couldn't continue living my life this way. Because not only was I completely devoid of joy, I very clearly could see that the way that I was showing up in my life was deeply affecting my wife. And the very thing that was the most important to me, which was my marriage, was starting to slip away. And I really struggled with maintaining consistent results in my life. Whether that was at work or whether that was in my relationships, I really struggled with that. At work, it would be this boom out of the gate, fast start, and it would kind of taper off or it would kind of start tapering down. And I would get amazing results. And then it would, I would lose kind of that motivation. I get amazing results and kind of lose motivation. And it was the same thing in my relationship with my wife. We would have amazing times together. And then all of a sudden we would be in this massive fight. And then things would seem like they're in the the sewer. Next thing you know, we'd have these amazing moments together. And then it would kind of go back to that being in that big pit again. So it was constantly up and down and up and down and up and down. It was so exhausting. And maybe you can relate to this where you've been in a place in your life where things are constantly like a yo-yo. And it's so incredibly exhausting because in one moment you think, wow, things are amazing. And next thing you you realize, how do we get there? How do we get here in the first place? Why, why am I here right now? I thought things were going great, but they just never quite to seem to be on this path of continuing to move trend upwards. There's this kind of up and then down and up and then down. And it's this constant yo-yo. And it is so exhausting. And it is very taxing and draining. And I knew two things. I didn't know exactly what was underneath that, but I knew two things. One was that I was very terrified to share my authentic self as a transgender man publicly. I knew that piece. I was completely mortified of sharing who I was with the world. I didn't want anybody to find out except for the people that already knew at that point, because I was so terrified of being rejected. I was so terrified of the consequences that may happen if people knew who I was, because I've been fighting so long up until that point to be quote unquote normal. Yet underneath the surface, I mean, I was never normal. I mean, there's no real definition of normal because we're all incredibly unique. And it is just really a made-up concept around what is normal, what's supposed to fit within the box. But for me, I had strived towards being in that box for so long that I was now literally in a box and suffocating. The second thing that I knew very clearly was that my marriage was falling apart. And I did not know for the life of me how to repair it. We'd gone to counseling. We had looked at different kinds of videos on YouTube. We had read books. We had tried to seek different types of support, and nothing was working. We'd talk it out. It would be okay for a bit. And then it would go back to where it was before. And so I knew that those two things were not working in my life. I didn't know the solution, but I was finally so sick and tired of living that way. I was so scared of losing my marriage because I knew that that's the trajectory I'd be headed towards that I finally jumped in. 
and decided to go on a deep transformational journey for myself. I was a part of a transformational leadership program that when I signed up, honestly, I didn't even know what I signed up to. I just knew where I wanted to go. And there was something in my heart that said, this is where you need to be to get there. It's kind of crazy, right? When you say yes to things that really make no sense in your head and you don't even know what it looks like. But there, are, I believe it's really those moments in our lives when we jump and we have nothing but faith. We have nothing but intuition. We have nothing but our own inner compass guiding us, believing that there's going to be some sort of net that is going to catch us at the very end. And I feel like every single time those moments happen, it is the us jumping off the edge to our next level in our life, to something transformational in our lives. And those moments have always been a turning point for me. So this was that turning point for me. And so in this transformational leadership program, I gained such a deep awareness for myself that I had never had up until that point. I think I knew certain things about myself, but I couldn't get to the core of where it came from. And at the very, very core of that, I discovered many different things. But at the very core of that, I discovered I didn't love myself. There was no part of me that loved myself. And I think I knew that logically, but I didn't understand the devastating effects of it, of not loving myself. And so I began this journey about three years ago of learning how to rebuild the relationship with myself, learning how to love myself. But what I didn't realize that I've discovered along the way, and maybe this is something that you can relate to as well, is that discovering how to love myself was much more complicated than I realized. I mean, if you think about it, how do you tell someone that has literally never loved themselves their entire life, just do it. Just love yourself. I'm like, how in the world do you do that? Like, where do I start? What does that look like? I don't even, it's a complete foreign language to me. I mean, we're not taught that in school. Certainly coming from a conservative Asian household. I mean, love is something in itself that's not really discussed, let alone loving yourself. If anything, I operated my entire life from a context of how do I need to prove myself? I do things because I prove, need to prove myself because there are people that are doubting me. There are people that are telling me that I'm not good enough. And those people were the ones that were closest to me, my parents, my family members. People that surrounded me were constantly telling me that I'm not good enough. And so I've operated from this context of I am not good enough and I need to prove to people that I am just as good. I need to constantly prove myself. But that cycle using that as motivation, that fire of people's doubts, of people's hatred, of people's uh, dislike for you. For me, I thought that that was very effective when in reality, using hate and anger and, and doubt and needing to prove yourself as, as the fuel that you need to move you forward in your life is incredibly exhausting. I believe it's also very toxic because you continue to bring that into your life in order to move you forward versus being fueled by love, moving forward because you love yourself so deeply that you would never put yourself in a position to feel like you deserved anything less. Doing it just because you are worthy of it that you deserve it. But most of us didn't grow up in that context where people told us you deserve better or yes, you are 
loved just as you are. So everything else is cherry on top of the cake. Most of us didn't grow up in that context. So when we come across these situations, we're now, we're being told, well, actually what's at the core of all this is that you just don't love yourself. I think it is the most esoteric question that is so hard to grasp when you don't even know what that looks like. And where do you go? I mean, what's the map for going to love yourself? So what I found is that learning to love myself, rebuilding a relationship with yourself from scratch, because all of it, when you think about the relationship that we've had with ourselves, I'm going to talk about the relationship I've had with myself, was completely built on a broken foundation. It was built on a foundation of lack of worthiness, of being not good enough, needing to prove myself, being fueled by other people's opinions of me, needing validation. It was built on all those pillars. And all those pillars didn't work. All those pillars were not sturdy. All those pillars did not set me up to build a life, an extraordinary life, one that I was happy and fulfilled and at peace and deeply connected and one that was built on love. It wasn't any of that. So I had to pretty much do a full demolition project. And I realized that in order to start building a relationship with myself again, a healthy relationship with myself, a loving relationship with myself, I needed to completely reprogram my entire system. And so it was really challenging for me because for the very first time, there were people that were looking up to me. There were people that were betting on me to win, to succeed. And I had never felt that before. I've never had that in my life before where people were cheering me on. People were on my team. I didn't feel like it was me against the world. All of a sudden, I had people behind me. And if anything, I felt so uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do with myself. You think about those abusive relationships uh, that we witness ourselves or we hear about. There's always this question of why don't people leave? And I think from a logical standpoint, it seems very easy to think about how when you're in an abusive relationship and you're not treated with respect and with love, you would just leave. Why would you not leave? Why wouldn't you leave an abusive relationship? Just go, just walk out the door, pack up your things and leave. I think it's also very hard for most people to understand why is it that people that are in abusive relationships also continue to have abusive relationships, whether with other people in their lives in terms of some put themselves in a situation where the person is continuing to also not treat them with respect, or they go back to a relationship that was abusive. It can be really hard to wrap our head around that. And I think there was a time in my life where I'm like, I don't understand. Why don't they just walk away? Like, I don't get why it's so hard. But when I understood, when I finally got to the core of my own relationship with myself, which is an abusive relationship with myself. If you really think about it, the way I was treating myself was probably worse than anyone else in my life. I, I would never treat anyone else in my life like that. But I allowed myself permission to treat myself with disrespect, to uh, be mean to myself, to not be supportive of myself, to be incredibly judgmental of myself, critical of myself, hard on myself. When I think about it, I was very abusive. I was in a very abusive relationship with myself. And yet, it took me over 30 years to walk away from that relationship. And it's 
very, very hard to walk away from that because when that has been your world, you become safe in discomfort and pain. You feel comfortable in suffering and pain. And I didn't even realize that. And that's why when I was in such discomfort, I didn't know to get out of it. I found it so hard to walk away from that and say, I'm not going back to that anymore. And if anything, those patterns were so easy to come back because that's what I had been used to. That had been my programming. So when you've been an underdog your whole life, how do you all of a sudden function as a champion? That's why so many of us struggle with that. So many people struggle to find that level of success, not just monetarily, but in all areas of their life. Because when you haven't been functioning at that level, when you haven't been looking at yourself from that perspective, when that wasn't what fueled you in the first place, how do you change that? And that is probably the most challenging, yet the most fundamentally important piece that we get to shift in order to move towards the direction of creating success in all areas of our life, creating a fulfilling, purposeful life, happy life. It comes from that fundamental shift of operating from, I need to prove myself, I need to validate myself, to I am worthy of love just as I am. That's a huge shift. And I think I developed so much empathy for people that have been in abusive relationships. When I realized that, which was like a ton of bricks hitting my face, when I realized that I had been in an abusive relationship with myself my whole life, I could understand why it's so hard to walk away for people that I see have been in abusive relationships with other people. And when we can see the relationships that we've been having with ourselves, we can start developing empathy and compassion towards others. And how they show up. Because it's so easy to judge someone else. Not so easy to flip that mirror and look at ourselves. And so when it comes to rebuilding a relationship with yourself, the reason why that's so important, because everything that we do, everything that we build comes from that foundation. When we don't love ourselves, when we don't have a loving, respectful, connected, generous, passionate relationship with ourselves, everything else crumples on top of it because the foundation isn't strong enough. Everything is built on that. And so when we look at people that have created an incredible amount of success and have found an incredible amount of success in also their relationships and the relationships with uh, themselves in terms of their health and things like that, it's because they have developed such a strong level of self-respect. They have, they have committed themselves to showing up in a way that first and foremost honors themselves. And so that has been such an incredible journey for me, been a very humbling journey for me, because I got to realize along the way the different layers of love that I want to share with you that is from my own personal journey. Number one is that there's a difference between conceptual love and embodied love. There's the doingness of love, which is I find the very first level when you first learn to love yourself, when you first learn to rebuild that relationship with yourself that we know where to go because it's about things that we do, which we're very used to, right? So what is that first level layer of love? That first level, that layer one of loving yourself 
is the doingness of love, which is go get a massage, go do a meditation, go on a walk, exercise, eat healthy, have downtime for yourself, treat yourself. Those are all things that I found were the first layer of love, what I call the doingness of love. That is a great first step, but I also realized that didn't quite get to the core of me shifting the feeling of love for myself. But it's a very important first place to start. So if you're in that place where you're rebuilding that relationship with yourself and you don't know where to start, start there. Start with doing the things, doing the things that uh, embody love. Do the things that embody love. So give yourself time off. Go on walks. Take care of your health. Um, work on yourself from a physical perspective. So going to the gym, um, hiring a trainer, or joining some sort of fitness regimen, giving yourself a massage, things like that are all the doingness of love. Now, that's layer one. Once you are able to move through that, when you're able to start giving yourself permission to do that, you move into what I realized, what I discovered is the second layer of love, which is the beingness of love. What is that? Beingness of love is when you give yourself grace, which means that when you screw up and you make mistakes, that you you give yourself grace. You forgive yourself. You give yourself the space to fall and to get back up and tell yourself that it's okay to not punish yourself for that. Being connected with yourself. So connecting with your intuition, connecting with what is my gut telling me, connecting to that deep level of self-awareness for why am I like this right now? Why am I feeling this right now? What's coming up for me right now? Being able to understand yourself on a much deeper level, aside from I'm just like that, but getting to the core of why am I like that? Where did that come from? What is actually underneath this? What do I mean by that? For example, when I get in arguments with my wife in the past, I would get really fired up. I'd get really angry, but I didn't understand why I was angry. I thought I was angry at her, but the anger actually came from a place of feeling powerless. I didn't realize that whenever I would have these arguments with my wife, I would get angry because deep inside, I felt powerless. I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like I was backed up against a wall. And the only way for me to feel powerful and to express my power was through anger, through being physically powerful. So I didn't realize that. So I just thought I was angry all the time, but I don't, didn't know why I was angry. So I couldn't solve what was at the core of it. When we develop that level of connection with ourselves, we start understanding ourselves. Because one thing is to see ourselves on the surface level, which is that layer one, the doingness, what do we do? That's kind of more the result. That's not the core explanation of why. That isn't where it comes from. Where it comes from is what's underneath the surface. So when we connect with ourselves, that is allowing ourselves to be, start being in the beingness of love. It's also about commitment. So commitment to yourself, meaning honoring your word with yourself, what you say you're going to do, the promises that you make to yourself, you follow through with because you respect yourself on that level. Also, it's permission, giving yourself permission to have fun, to experience adventure, to be joyful, giving yourself permission. That's all the second layer of love. Then it moves into the third layer after that, which is the embodiment embodiment of love. What is embodiment of love? It means being grounded in worthiness. It means being devoted to yourself, right? The same way that you've been de devoted to your partner or your wife or your husband or your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or people that you love in your, your life, your family members, that level of devotion, 
having that level of devotion for yourself first and foremost, celebrating yourself. So really being your best cheerleader, your biggest cheerleader, deep respect for yourself. So respecting yourself in terms of your body, your mind, your spirit. So showing up in a way where you honor and respect yourself, trusting yourself as well in terms of trusting your gut, trusting yourself, betting on yourself that you can do it. Being able to look at yourself in the eye and have that deep admiration for yourself, having that admiration for the person staring back at you, the way that you would have for someone that you admire in your life outside of yourself. Being in a team with yourself, so playing team with yourself, being your own best partner. So knowing that when you think about as a team, you got each other's back. So having your own back. So whenever you are pursuing something, wherever you go in your life, being your own best partner, having your own back so that no matter what, you feel safe. You feel safe within yourself. And so everything that you want to create in your life cannot fully blossom without a relationship with yourself. It cannot happen without having a deep, connected, loving relationship with yourself. Because when you don't love yourself the way that I didn't love myself, Nothing can build from that foundation. And something that was so powerful that my coach said to me was he said, your business isn't working because you are working for a boss that you hate. A boss that is abusive, unforgiving, mean, not supportive. Who would want to work for someone like that? And guess what? The only difference between that in terms of you working for yourself and working for someone else is who that boss is. And in this case, when you own your own business, you are that boss. So when you work for someone like that, why would you want to show up? Why would you want to wake up in the morning and be fired up for what you're doing? Why would you be passionate? Why would you give it your all? Why would you show up with all your heart when you work for someone that hates you and that you hate as well? And so that was so powerful because I wonder how many of us are out there where we are running our own businesses or we are forging forward in our careers. We're not the very core of it, the person that we're doing it for. We're not even enrolled in. We don't even love. We don't even respect. We don't even think is worthy. How can we possibly create anything from that? How can we possibly work for someone like that? And so that, I hope, is a question that you get to ask yourself as well in terms of when you look at yourself from the perspective of that is the boss that you're working for. And this applies whether or not you actually own your own business or you work for someone else. You are still the own boss of your own life. Is that someone that you want to work for? If that was physically someone outside of you, the way that you show up for yourself, the way that you look at yourself, the way that you treat yourself, if that is your boss today at your work, is that someone that you would want to work for? Is that someone that you would want to go the distance for? Is that someone that you would admire? Is that someone that you would want to give it your all with? Is that someone that you would ride or die with? And if it's a no, that is a very clear indication for you that the very first place that you get to start is to rebuild that relationship with yourself. How do you get to transform that relationship with your boss, who is yourself? How do you get to show up differently for you if you are the employee? How would you treat someone else 
when they screw up? How would you treat someone else when they don't always get it right? How would you treat someone else that you see outside of you? If you are the boss and that person was someone outside of you, and what if you got to turn that mirror back and look at yourself? How do you get to treat yourself differently from that perspective? Where is it that you get you give yourself grace? Where do you get where do you get to give yourself forgiveness? Where do you get to give yourself space? Where do you get to love yourself deeper? Where do you get to admire yourself? Where do you get to offer yourself support? What would that look like? And what difference would it make in your life if you got to instead of watering everybody else's plants or needing everyone else's approval or trying to show that you are a certain way to everyone else. So for example, for me, wanting to be the nice guy for everyone, wanting everyone to like me. What if I got to just turn that around? What if we got to just turn that around and fixate that attention, that focus on ourselves to be our own number one fan, to support ourselves first, to show up as the nicest person on earth for ourselves? What difference would it make? And I wonder how that would transform every other area of your life that you want to create extraordinary results in. And I guarantee you that when you do, that things will look very, very different, that you will experience a level of abundance and fulfillment that you have never experienced before. Because the richness is not, is not coming from outside of you. It's now within you. So how do you get here, right? How do you start this journey? So as you understand the three different layers of self-love, there's four different steps that have made all the difference for me that I'd love to share with you for where you get to start. Number one is forgiveness, forgiving yourself. Whatever that gets to look like, whether you get to write a note to yourself or you get to speak to yourself in front of the mirror, very, very powerful exercise, by the way. The first place you get to go is to forgive yourself. All the times that you didn't do it right, all the times that you screwed up, all the things that you have held onto with shame, held onto as a grudge with yourself, all the times you have been unforgiving to yourself. Forgive yourself. You are doing the very best that you could with what you have, with what you knew. And that's what we're all trying to do every single day is our very best. And that's okay. It's just now it's no longer working and we're moving on to showing up in a different way, being committed to ourselves in a different way. But it got you here up until this point. So forgive yourself. Number two, be committed to letting go of your history. That doesn't serve you anymore. Whatever that happened in the past, however you showed up, the things that were inadequate, how other people treated you, what other people told you. We get to let that go and we get to be committed to letting that go. If not, it will continue to always fester in our subconscious. It will continue to fester in the back of our mind, that voice in our head about why you are not good enough or all those times, remember when you did this or all those times, blah, 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 told you whatever. We get to let that go because as soon as we can let that go, we can create space for a new canvas that we can paint on one of respect and love and devotion and admiration for ourselves. Because who you are, your superpower can only come out when you believe that it's a superpower, when you value that superpower. So number three is then giving yourself what you want from others. 
for the longest time, I wanted to hear from my parents. I wanted to hear from my mom. You are worthy of love. I love you just as you are. And I held on to that for the longest time. And what I didn't realize is that the person I needed to hear that from the most was myself. And so sitting with what do you need to hear from others? What validation do you need? What words do you need to hear from the people closest to you? And what if you can give that to yourself? And lastly, is building your value vault. Your value vault is built on things that you've done, built on things that you continue to do. It is things that bring value to others and yourself. When you bring value to others through your work, through your relationships, through your personal life, through the way that you show up in the world, that value does not go away. If anything, it stays in your vault. And when you can feel rich from within, you don't need anything outside of you. You start, if anything, reaping in, receiving even more abundance because you already feel rich. You come from the posture of, I am already rich with what I have within me. And here's the thing. Every time you serve someone else, every time you give, every time you're generous, every time you support someone else, every time you support yourself, every time you pour into yourself and pour into others, every time you make a contribution, you're adding value to your value vault. And it doesn't have to be a monetary value in terms of making money from that. You can add value to your value vault even when it didn't result in a value that was added to your bank account. But when you start seeing all the value that you've accumulated over time, you're going to feel a different way. You're going to realize, I have so much richness inside of me. I have so much value inside of me. But every single time we shame ourselves, every time we doubt ourselves, every time we beat ourselves up, we're taking away from that value, but we're robbing our own bank. And that's why we end up in this place where we feel broke and we feel poor and we feel not good enough. We feel like we constantly don't have enough because we're constantly robbing our own bank. We're robbing our own value. We're taking away our own value. And we can only know that we are enough, that we have enough, but we can see the value of what we bring to the world and the value that we've accumulated over time from how we've shown up for ourselves and for others. And so I hope this was supportive for you today. And I hope that today can be the day that really turns it around for you where you get to develop a different relationship with yourself. And I think there is so much power in that. There is so much abundance that comes from that. And I'm really excited for you for this new journey that you get to be on with yourself. I would love to hear from you. What were some things that you took away today? What are some things that you can start implementing in your personal life? What could be possible for you when you start building a loving and respected and admirable, connected, generous, passionate, whatever it is that is most important for you type of relationship with yourself? What possibly can be built from that? And what are you most excited to discover about rebuilding this relationship with yourself? So thank you so much for joining me once again. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joy Sauce. 